0: Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Here we go again. Yes, It's Easter week, and I'm so happy to join with you at this time and to recognize the fullness of love in our life, in our heart, in our mind, regardless of circumstances. This is so important for us. So let's begin with a prayer. I invite you to place your hand on your heart as I am doing and we wholeheartedly open ourselves to the insight, the wisdom, the clarity, the very voice and vision of the Holy Spirit. We're opening ourselves to an awareness of truth. We're making a holy offering on the altar fire of divine love. All our grievances, all our grudges, all our resentments and regrets Any unforgiveness that we're holding on to, we're offering it up to the higher Holy Spirit itself now and forever, and we are truly sharing the benefits of our healing, our awakening, our ascension in the light with everyone because we are one with them. So grateful and so thankful to allow ourselves to cultivate this high vibration and extend it With all our brothers and sisters everywhere, in gratitude we allow the word to be made manifest, and so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. So, I don't usually talk a lot about what's going on in the world in the moment. Uh, because this podcast uh, i I think we're at four hundred and forty two episodes with this week with this broadcast, and so people've been listening for years and years, and people will start listening now and go back and listen to the archive. So I intentionally make it timeless. And also because we're learning to transcend time and space, and to not be caught up in the material world, and we're talking about spiritual principles and their application. But in the world right now, uh, I I'm in New Jersey, and I'm a very close to the city of. Manhattan. I can actually see the skyline from, uh, if I could just go up one more story, I could see the Manhattan skyline. And I have uh, quite a lot of loved ones, friends in, in Manhattan, people I dearly cherish. And so I'm very aware of what's happening there, talking with people there every day. And right now they're experiencing the uh, biggest perhaps, uh, hopefully, uh, the the most intense part of this pandemic. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it'll be weeks from now. At any rate, it's very intense in the world right now. And there's a lot of fear. So I'd like to address that in this topic of the vision of holiness. So it's also Easter week. And I, I don't think that things are coincidences like uh, I think it was Wayne Dyer spoke about coincidences as being coincidences and I do believe that is how life works. I, I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in randomness. I don't believe in chaos but I do see and know that things appear random, appear chaotic, appear to be luck But I don't believe in any such thing. I believe that our lives are a script that is written uh, and that all of our scripts are interlocking. How else could it be? Because we're one and we're all part of God. And I also believe that our scripts are extremely complex and that with every single choice we make, like the butterfly effect, Every single choice we make shifts the upcoming aspects of the script that are available to us, and we can choose and choose again. And we can even choose again in the past, all right? And this is a time to be contemplating these things. So... uh Now's a really great time. If you have extra time, and many people do, I, I seem to have uh, more work uh, because I'm ministering to the uh, the folks who participate in our ministry, and so I'm offering more things, not less in this time, and looking for more ways to offer comfort and connection and training people to be able to do the same so there's a lot that I'm working on and developing in this time of intensity and density and uh, I invite you if you have extra time right now and you're feeling bored because you can't use do the same kind of entertainment you're tired of watching television by all means turn it off. This is a time that we have waited for, that we have planned and prepared for. This is a time for spiritual beings to be in service. And there are many, many ways for us to be of service. And one of the main ways that we can be of service is to extend the Holy Spirit's vision. So that's what I'm talking about this Easter week here. And in the section in the text, it's chapter 20, section 2, and section 1. This is where Jesus is talking about Holy Week, that's this week, and Easter week. And he's talking about forgiveness. And he talks about in section one, paragraph four, Easter is not the celebration of the cost of sin, but of its end. So Easter is the celebration of the end of sin, the end of the belief in sin. So one of the practices that we can engage in here as Course of Miracles students this week is to look Into our awareness, to be very vigilant for God here in our awareness. Be very mindful of who do we label as a sinner and what are their sins. I'm a big proponent of writing things down and journaling about them. So who in your mind are you holding as a sinner? is it people in the government is it people in your family is it people in your neighborhood are you quarantined at home like i am and you see people walking on the street uh where not wearing masks here in new jersey most of the people out and about are wearing masks if they're coming in contact with other people um and uh Like, you should see me. It's 65 degrees outside. I've got my gloves on. I've got my hat on, covering my head and my hair. I've got my glasses on, covering my face. I've got my mask on. I've got all these things on. And uh, uh, when I think I might come in contact with other people, that's how I went just to go to the post office yesterday. I sent my my dad and his wife a care package of goodies to um, just make them smile and feel loved and things like that. And um, so I had to go to the post office and it. they had saran wrap where they would have glass windows. They don't need windows there. So they've got saran wrap up. Uh, it's It's a whole new world, temporarily, temporarily. And... But this is the time for us to use for more contemplation, more more inner work, and cultivating this vision of holiness. So, Easter is not the celebration of the cost of sin, but of the end of sin. And so, the sins are really our judgments. So if we think someone has sinned, uh, let's say we think that what they have done is a sin, Uh, that really is our judgment, and it's something for us to relinquish, relinquish our judgment. We often will think of ourselves as sinners. And if we think of ourselves as sinners, we're going to find other people to project that judgment out onto. Right? And so if you're looking at people in the world and you say, they don't care about other people. Well, what's really going on there is you're projecting your own hurt and anger towards yourself. That you sometimes don't care about other people. And so you see someone acting that way in the world, and you take your self attack and project it outwards. This is what we do in our human egoic experience. And this Easter time, Jesus is calling to us to end all of it no more punishment, no more grievances. No more grudges. No more crucifixion. I encourage you to go back into the archive of this podcast. Search for the word crucifixion. Crucifixion. It has an X in it. (laughs) Uh, And so you could look for Easter. I don't think there's a lot on Easter, but crucifixion. I know I've done at least one or two episodes on that really helpful guilt would be a good thing to look for at this time as well. And to, especially where you uh, might be home quarantined with family members, I'm by myself because I live alone, uh, but I know a lot of people who are home quarantined with their family and homeschooling their kids and things like that. And I would encourage you to, uh listen to some of the episodes on relationship i probably half of my episodes are on relationship so there's a lot of material there and there's a lot about family too and um if you can't find all the episodes it's in and you're on an iphone or an ipad if you're using itunes as your podcast Method, you're going to have to get two podcasts. There's a Course of Miracles and a Course of Miracles archive. So um, because iTunes only allows 300 episodes in a podcast, and we have more than that. So Easter, Jesus tells us, is a time of joy and not of mourning. And it is a time of our salvation, along with his now Jesus tells us in a course of miracles, that our brothers and sisters are our salvation, because our brothers and sisters offer us the opportunity to forgive ourselves, because we project out unto them our grievances about ourselves, our fears about ourselves. And so when we have compassion and extend love and compassion to our brothers and sisters, we are forgiving ourselves. Now remember too, I often come back to this at the end of chapter 5, right? This is where Jesus tells us how to undo the problems of the past and the consequences of the past. That's why I call it the the parents' prayer. Uh, That's just my name for it because uh, parents often come to a point where they feel really guilty and they have a lot of regret for the things they did and the things they didn't do with their children. I'm just going to read it here real quickly. Uh, End of chapter 5. Jesus tells us, The first step in the undoing is to recognize that you actively decided wrongly but can, as actively, decide otherwise. Be very firm with yourself in this and keep yourself fully aware that the undoing process, which does not come from you, right? We don't have to do the undoing. We just have to be willing to have it be done. The undoing process, which does not come from you, is nevertheless within you because God placed it there. Your part, and what that also tells me is look, our divinity is pristine. It's unsulliable, right? We cannot damage our pristine nature. So it's there. All we have to do is stop covering it up with our disgust and our taking offense and our judgments and complaints and criticisms and regrets and resentments. We just have to stop covering it up and allow it to be uh, seen by us, right? With the vision of holiness. So he says here, your part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made, and give it over to the atonement in peace. Last week I was talking about the atonement, which is the full realization that there was no separation. So we return our thinking to the point when we decided maybe we're separate. Maybe I like the idea of separation. Maybe I like the idea of better than and less than. So this takes me back to the upset about people's sins, right? Often with the upset of sin, there comes this decision. Some people are better and some people are worse. There's the separation right there. No better than, no less than. How can there be when all is one? It just, it's an illusion. Let's give it up. So here's what he says. Say this to yourself, and by that he means the uh, prayer that's coming up, as sincerely as you can, remembering that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. Now, that's the other thing that's so valuable to me, is that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation So in Masterful Living and Finding Freedom in my classes, this is one of the key points that I teach. Ask, ask, ask. Invite, invite, invite. So we're asking the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit's vision. We're asking the Holy Spirit for clarity. We're not asking for our investments to come up in the stock market. We're not asking for that because if we were asking for that, we would be saying, that is my salvation. No, we're asking to remember our divinity. We're asking for help seeing our brothers and sisters correctly and to no longer be interested in calling anyone a sinner. We're interested in extending love and only love. And these are the kinds of things that we're asking for help for all day long especially anyone who is in quarantine, please use this time wisely. That's what it's for. Make no mistake. This is not some random occurrence. This is part of the awakening. I know it might seem crazy to say that, but I feel fully that this is part of the awakening, that we must we're be many of us the majority of us have been given time to spend with our loved ones or with ourselves and to be more contemplative to extend more love to cultivate more passion uh, patience rather I, I was trying to i was thinking of patience and compassion at the same time it came out as passion <laughs> so this is a time for us to come to cultivate the patience and the compassion, right? These are parts of the vision of the Holy Spirit. So here's the parents' prayer at the end of chapter 5. It's page 90. I use the FIP version. Uh, uh, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let Him. I choose to let Him by allowing Him to decide for God, for me. So, let us give anything that disturbs our peace to the Holy Spirit to undo all the consequences. Right of our wrong decision. I am not at peace, so I must have made a wrong decision. What was that wrong decision? Some kind of attack thought, some kind of judgment, some kind of complaint, a regret, a resentment. So, cultivating the vision of the Holy Spirit... In this section 2, which is entitled The Gift of Lilies, uh, in paragraph 6, Jesus says, this is chapter 20, This Easter, look with different eyes upon your brother. Oh, it's never been more potent for us as Course in Miracles students in our lifetime. You have forgiven me. And yet, I cannot use your gift of lilies while you see them not. Nor can you use what I have given unless you share it. So, to have, give all to all, right? This is what the Holy Spirit is teaching us. To have love, give love to all. To have compassion, give compassion to all. To have patience, give patience to all. To have joy, give joy to all. So don't see anyone as deserving of punishment. Yes, in our world, if someone breaks the laws of this world, we have a system of punishments for that. But don't see it as a punishment. I know that sounds strange, but I think of um, Nelson Mandela. So he was a he was a radical. He believed in violent overthrow of the government. He believed in um, using violence to bring about his goals, of equality, etc. And 25 years of sitting in prison, He finally realized violence is not the way. Finally. Like in the last year of his imprisonment, he learned that violence was not the way. It came to him through spiritual insight. Once he realized violence is not the method to use to attain your goals, Then he didn't need to be imprisoned much longer. He was released. And you see, it wasn't until he had that realization that he could be qualified to lead the nation and become president. But it took him 25 years. It didn't have to take him 25 years. We don't know how that script was written. Who Who among us is not resistant? Who among us is not reluctant? Who among us doesn't have a uh, a strong resistance to the Holy Spirit's vision? So instead of thinking we're bad and wrong because we have this resistance, let's just recognize we're normal. It's part of our experience. The vast majority of us, we cling to our opinions, our judgments, our perceptions and projections because we've worked so hard to construct all of this. We have an attachment to it, but we can lay it all on the altar and say, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to see with your vision. I'm willing to relinquish all that I have made that is not constructive and is destructive, I'm willing to give it all to you for healing. I'm willing to place my trust in faith, in the vision of holiness that you are sharing with me. And we can take this time of quarantine and work in the garden and cultivate the holiness. You know, in in the Northern Hemisphere, spring is springing. And it's come earlier than before because of global warming. Get out in the garden and cultivate the vision of holiness while you're working in the garden, going for walks in nature. Cultivate the vision of holiness. Invite the Holy Spirit into your awareness and let yourself relinquish every thought of negativity that you've ever held against yourself or anyone else. Now is the time for true forgiveness, and true forgiveness is the release of our judgments and opinions of the meaning we've made of things. Yes, yes, yes. I'm coming to my break time and I'd like to ask you if you have time on the break to write a review wherever you get your podcast from if you would write a review of this show your podcast carrier will share it with more people so thank you for that. I'm Jennifer Hadley you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio we're living the love we're walking the talk and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thank you for joining me. Talking about the Holy Spirit's vision. And we're in Chapter 20, Section 2, Paragraph 6. And... Jesus is inviting us, he says, this Easter, look with different eyes upon your brother. And he's reminding us here that our brothers and sisters are our salvation. It's a good remembrance when so many of us are quarantined at home with brothers and sisters, literally, or family members and roommates and things like that. And it can be a time where people get tired of each other, they get exasperated, they get triggered. so important for us as spiritual students to lead the way, to model spiritual healing through the remembrance that whenever we are triggered, every single time, it is a gift from our higher self inviting us to take that trigger and offer it to the Holy Spirit to undo all the consequences of our wrong decision. This is what I was talking about, the prayer at the end of chapter 5. It's not just for parents, but I, I call it the parents' prayer because so t- many times parents feel guilty about their children, and you can offer that to the Holy Spirit Right? I must have decided wrongly because I'm not at peace. Well, that includes when you get mad at someone because they didn't clean up the kitchen. Just if you're not at peace for any reason whatsoever, it's because you made a decision wrongly. That's how I began to practice this. Every time I'm not at peace, I have made a wrong decision, I take responsibility. Responsibility is my ability to respond to whatever's going on with love. I love myself enough to say this trigger is my key point, reminding me I can have a healing. I could choose peace instead of this. I could choose to remember my divinity and be aligned with my divinity instead of this. And I am going to choose it. Now, Jesus tells us here the Holy Spirit's vision is no gift, idle gift, ideally, no plaything to be tossed about a while and laid aside. It's not a toy. Listen and hear this carefully, nor think it but a dream. Right? The Holy Spirit's vision is not a dream. It's not a toy a careless thought to play with, or a toy you would pick up from time to time and then put by. For if you do, so will it be with you. You have the vision now to look past all illusions. It has been given you to see no thorns, no strangers, and no obstacles to peace. The fear of God is nothing to you now. Who is afraid to look upon illusions knowing his Savior stands beside him? Remember, our saviors are our brothers and sisters. And our saviors are also in the angelic realm and the ascended masters. But primarily Jesus is telling us here, your saviors are your brothers and sisters. To have salvation, give salvation to all to have give all to all so if you would like to awaken from the dream of separation then contribute to that in your brothers and sisters if they feel guilty if they feel ashamed if they feel bad and wrong do not contribute to that right because that's a tendency with many people they feel unlovable And they are going to work overtime to try to get you to agree with them, right? Because then they are right, and we do the same thing, right? If we believe that something's wrong with us, that we are not good enough, that we are bad, that we are unlovable, that we are difficult, remember that scene in Harry met Sally, (laughs) He he says she's so lovable. She says, I'm difficult. He's like, but in a good way. (laughs) Right? Seeing like Harry sees Sally rather than how Sally sees Sally. This is what we're cultivating because people will egg you on to criticize them, to attack them, and then they say, see, I knew it. I'm not good enough. I'm bad. I'm wrong. My experience confirms my perspective. I deal with this all the time. All the time. We all do. And we can rise above it and not buy into it. And by cultivating the vision of holiness for ourselves and for everyone else, we are undoing the separation, we are accepting the atonement, right? So if we're going to see our brothers and sisters as sinners and bad and wrong and needing to be punished, even one of them, then we're saying the same thing about ourselves and we're saying the same thing about Jesus, right? Jesus taught us what you do or say about the least of them, you do or say about me. Because we're one with each other. Now, uh, that, that chapter 5, uh, where I talked about the, the parents' prayer at the end of chapter 5, the, the next chapter is the lessons of love. The lessons of love. And it begins this way. And then it goes into the message of the crucifixion. The relationship of anger to attack is obvious. Right When we're angry, we are attacking. But the relationship of anger to fear is not always so apparent. Anger always involves projection of separation. Projection of separation. So whenever we're angry, we are projecting our belief in separation onto the world. Which must be ultimately be accepted as one's own responsibility, rather than being blamed on others. Right. So we have to take responsibility how for how we feel. Uh, I I have someone in my life who will say to me, "Stop making me feel guilty." <laughs> I'm like, I I don't have that ability to make you feel guilty. You feel guilty because you're thinking mean thoughts about me. And you can't explain that to someone who isn't willing to understand it. So I can't really say that. But what I'll say is, why would I want to make you feel guilty? What would that bring me that I could use? What would it bring me that I could use that you would feel guilty But even that we can't say. Sometimes it's best to just say, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. What I meant was. Because if we take everything personally, it's just never going to end. You know, all people's projections, they're not personal. The people who project onto me, their upset, their irritation, their frustration, their anger, it's not personal to me. I'm just a convenient being for them to project it on. Just, that's how life is. So we can't take personally other people's projections. And in fact, when we practice that, we are cultivating the vision of holiness. That we can see our brothers and sisters who are projecting their upsets onto us to have patience with them, to have compassion with them, to not buy into it. But you see, the way it works in this world is, if I believe I'm not good enough, if I believe there's something wrong with me, when someone projects their stuff onto me, it will trigger my stuff. And this is why. Our brothers and sisters are our salvation because they offer us a relentless amount of spiritual practice. What I notice is there are very few people in my life that are projecting their stuff onto me in any way that bothers me deeply i I, I rarely feel that anymore. So I say that because I have worked really diligently to remove my own self-doubt, my own self-attack, my own self-blame and shame and all of that uh, belief in not being good enough, something's wrong with me, I'm bad, I'm evil. And by working away most of that through my own spiritual practice of doing exactly what I'm sharing here, recognizing the triggers are an opportunity for healing, giving thanks for my healing. Every time I get triggered, offering it up to the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, I offer you this. You've heard me say this so many times, Holy Spirit, take this out of my mind so I never think it again. We're trading The things that block the vision of holiness to allow the vision of holiness that is there in our mind already. The ability to see with divine sight is pre-installed. It's part of our very nature and being. And part of why we feel so frustrated and so bad and so wrong And so incapable and inept is because we are offered all these opportunities day in and day out to cultivate the vision of holiness, and instead, we get offended. Instead, we get hurt. Instead, we make it all so real. Right? So now, if you're not quarantined, if you're out there giving service And you happen to have time to listen to this podcast. I just want to say thank you for your service. Whatever it is. Picking up the trash. Delivering the groceries. uh, Whatever it is that you're doing to be of service. Raising your children. uh, Homeschooling them. Cooking meals for the homeless. I know so many people who are doing so many different things to help and support working in the grocery stores. Last week I went to the grocery store, I've been making a grocery run once a week for my family and um I went and they didn't have many cashiers this giant whole foods uh and um so there was a quite a line of people to go in early in the morning. And they said, we don't have enough cashiers today, so we can't let very many people into the store because we can't have them standing in line in the store. Better to stand out in line outside, which made perfect sense. So by the time I got to the cashier... Oh, by the way, I'm standing in line uh, to go into the store, and the security guard is there letting people in. As somebody comes out, somebody can go in... And I'm wearing a face mask, because that's what we're doing here, which I think is a really good idea, although I don't have a face mask, I only have a scarf, but I'm wearing a scarf around my face, and my hat, my gloves, and my glasses, and I said... because my face is covered, you can't see I'm smiling at you. And she said, no, I can see by your eyes you're smiling. I said, I can see by your eyes you're smiling too. And uh, it was a sweet moment, and I felt grateful for that. And uh, when I got into the store, got my groceries, I'm standing at the cash register, and I said to the woman at the cash register, uh, "The the man before me had said, You have a beautiful smile. I'll see you next week. I look forward to seeing your smile again. It was very kind. It was not, um, uh, it was a sweet thing he said. And so then it was my turn, and I said, You do have a beautiful smile, and I thank you for it. And I said, And I thank you for being here so I can buy food for my family. And I just started to cry because I was so grateful. And also so touched that maybe this woman, she doesn't have an option to stay at home. She's feeding her family by working. And probably that's the case. And so, and there are, you know, many of her fellow cashiers have called in sick. And today I read in the paper that uh, more and more people who work in, grocery stores are getting sick and um, these are very challenging times so this is a time when we can be more grateful than ever I know you're practicing that but I encourage you to go out of your way to really thank people to lead the way to be even more kind than you ever have been in your whole life because now it will not seem strange or inappropriate now it will be a gift of lilies. Now is how we can reboot ourselves into this higher awareness. It's not, like I said, it's, it's, it's not a coincidence. It's a coincidence that this is Passover week. This is Easter week, that it may be the worst week for some people in this pandemic Around the world or in the United States, and um, now more than ever praying people can pray now is the time for us to pray and pray and pray, and what do we pray? We pray to see with god's vision, Holy Spirit, let me see with your sight, with your vision. Let me see my brothers and sisters as the light beings that they are. Holy Spirit, take from me every grievance I've ever cherished, every view of myself as being bad or wrong or unworthy in any way, shape, or form. I give it to you. I offer it to you. This is my gift, and I receive from you the gift of lilies. Let me see past all illusions and delusions. Let me recognize my Savior in every person I meet. And let me give thanks for my Savior. Let me extend love and compassion to all. Even those who are behaving ignorantly or selfishly or unkindly. Let me be Extending compassion and maybe that compassion will wake them up from their slumber of separation. This is my holy directive and purpose. I am here to be truly helpful. Holy Spirit, show me the way. Show me the way. I I make that prayer all the time. Show me the way. Show me the way. And every time we get triggered, every time we're upset, we can choose a vision of holiness. We can choose the Holy Spirit's vision to see everything as it truly is. There's not one thing in this world that's designed to torture us. But we will feel tortured by our attachments to our opinions, to our beliefs, to our judgments that are not true. That's what will torture us. If we're thinking attack thoughts about other people, we will feel guilty. We will feel bad and wrong because we judge ourselves for judging. The judger always feels judged. Let's turn within here. And going back to the lessons of love. Anger cannot occur unless you believe that you have been attacked. And that your attack is justified in return. And that you are in no way responsible for it. Anything you feel angry about. It's your justification for attack. See, when we interpret things that we're being attacked, it's literally because we are looking for a justification for our attack. It's like the person who's attacking me. I mentioned that I'm making them feel guilty. So they are looking for a justification for their attack. I'm making them feel guilty. That's their justification for their attack. But they feel guilty because they're attacking me. First comes their impetus to attack. But they're not aware of that. I'm not to teach them that. But just to say, hey, I love you. I have no desire for you to feel guilty. And some people will say that's BS on my part. And I can handle that. I don't need anybody else to think I'm right about things. I really don't. Giving up the need to be right all the time has been one of the greatest gifts I've given myself. And it's my brothers and sisters arguing with me. And the dysfunction I've felt. And the disruption to my peace that I have felt. That compelled me to say, okay, I don't need to be right about everything. Now, does it still come up in my ego? Yes, of course. Of course it does. But I can recognize it sooner. I don't get so inflamed. And I'm very grateful for that. So in order to have the Holy Spirit's vision, we have to see there is no there is no separation. We have to be willing to stop justifying our attacks. So... Anger cannot occur unless you've been you believe you've been attacked and you believe that you are justified in attacking in return and that you're not responsible for your attack because you were provoked you see the justification of your anger the righteousness that you may sometimes feel. That is the illusion-delusion trick of the ego. And it's because of wrong perception. So in order to have a healing, we cultivate the vision of holiness. The Holy Spirit's vision to see correctly, to know correctly, to feel correctly, to hear correctly what's really going on, our willingness is all that is required. So all of that, cycling and recycling of the old upsets again and again and again, seeing through the lens of the past. Every time we're triggered, we're seeing through the lens of the past. Every time we're triggered, there's a crucifixion Happening. We can stop the crucifixion in our own mind, in our own heart, in our own life. We can stop the crucifixion. So remember that in order for us to experience the awakening, the ascension, the Holy Spirit's vision, we have to be willing to no longer have an interest in the crucifixion. And this is tricky for some people because they have a martyr's complex. Their orientation is as the victim. And all of us, all of us, all of us have some victim issues. All of us. It's the the baseline most intense ego attachment is that victimhood. Blaming others for how we feel. And this is why the cornerstone of A Course of Miracles is to take responsibility for what you see and how you feel. You have chosen to feel victimized because that justifies your attack. So while you're home with your loved ones... Look at the responsibility for sight section. Very helpful, very powerful, right? Chapter 21, Section 2. I'm responsible for what I see, and I choose the feelings I experience. I've done episodes on that as well. So powerful and life-changing, life-changing taking responsibility. If you can afford it, I invite you to please make a supportive contribution. You can sign up to make a monthly contribution at com or jenniferhadley.com to support this nonprofit ministry and our free offerings like this podcast. It is time for me to pray. I place my hand on my heart, so grateful and so thankful that our life is the life of God and we are choosing love. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah!